So true. Thanks for ministering that again. It's a great reminder of where we need to be. So um, I just want to encourage us this morning as we get into the Word. Um, if you want to turn to Psalm 107, verse 9, this is really going to be the verse um, I'm going to speak from this morning. And I wasn't trying to be funny with this in any way, but if you want to go ahead and bring that up um, on the screen, you can, you can see why I'm saying that. Um, It's a little bit different translation than what I've got written down. But it says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And the church said, Amen, right? Amen. Hopefully you got filled with good things this morning because you were hungry and uh, maybe you were thirsty and you got something to drink, whether it was coffee or water or something along those lines. But this morning, what, what I want to do is um, I want to just encourage you in faith. I really want to talk about faith. And, and faith is such a broad thing. It's such a, you can go so many different ways with it. And, and basically, what, what I want to talk is, is not that you need to have more faith, but just that we would operate in our faith in greater ways. That we would, we would understand that the Lord, He satisfies the thirsty and He fills the hungry with good things. That we would be thirsty and we would be hungry to see God move in our lives. That we wouldn't just be satisfied with kind of just the status quo or just kind of going through, operating sometimes in good things, in, in the principles of God and, and, and by the Word of God, but, but that He would kind of stretch us more to operate more within within our faith. And so I want to share some verses with you this morning just to start out with because I believe we understand faith and we operate in faith based on our understanding of who we are in Christ. It's a very simple message in, in regards to that. You've, and we've talked about it many times, knowing who you are in Christ. And there's a reiteration that comes forth so many times from worship to the exhortation moment, even, even announcements you hear it sometimes and, 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 and from the pulpit as well, that we need to know who we are in Christ, that we are sons and daughters of the true and living God, that we are the creation and He is the creator, that He is the Almighty, but yet He, he he came to earth and he laid his life down so that we would be called by him and fulfill his purposes here on earth. Um, there's so many things about who we are and our right standing. But what I want us to, to, to understand and, and maybe be reminded of is that we have a confidence because of what Christ has done for us. We have a boldness to come to his throne. There's a grace and a boldness to come to his throne. There, there is a, um, what's the other word I'm thinking about? There is this um, access that God has given us to come to him, that, that we don't have to stand away and, and just hope that he hears our prayers or, or hope that we can come on a Sunday morning and his presence might be here. We have access all the time. And so the Hebrew writer says this. <clears throat> he says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. This is Hebrews 4.16. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness and with confidence. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, something very similar. What Paul has done through the first four chapters, he's talked about, hey, we've all fall short of God's glory. It doesn't matter if you were born a Jew, you fall, you fall short. It doesn't matter if you were a Gentile and you saw God revealed in nature, you still fallen short of his glory. But through Christ, he's made a way for us to have access. And he says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 2 right here, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand or in which we stand. 
There's this faith that, that allows us to come in, understanding who we are, that Christ has died for us, and that we are a, a child, that you are a son, that you are a daughter, that you have access to this throne of grace. You can come boldly. Romans 8, 31, Paul continues this. You know, in the earlier part of, of, of chapter 8, he's talking that we live by the Spirit. He talks in the middle of the chapter that creation groans for Christ to return. This is we groan for Christ to return. And he's talking about, I think it's 8, 28, that um, God works all things out for the, for the good of those who love him. And then he begins to go into this, this last part of Romans 8, asking this question, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Again, it's one of those things that kind of builds our faith many times or should. How many times do we stand? And, you know, sometimes we, we I wouldn't say we glorify certain things or we, or we look at certain things. Like there's this giant before me. There's this great mountain before me. There's truth in that. And some of us are facing giants and mountains. But there's the day-to-day that goes on that may not be a mountain. It may just be a hill. It may just be a bump in the road. And we need to be reminded that God is for us and not against us. It's, it, we so easily forget that. Um, Ephesians 3, 12 says, In Him, through faith in Him, we, we may enter God's presence with boldness and with confidence. There you're hearing those words again, boldness and confidence. The Hebrew writer again says in chapter 3, verse 6, But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are His house, if we hold firmly to our confidence in the hope of which we boast. There's that if we hold to the confidence, to this, to this boldness that we have, this access, being reminded of that. And many times we, we don't hold to the confidence of that. We can see it in the way that we approach God in our prayer times. And there's nothing wrong by saying, Lord, if this be your will, then, then make it happen. Because I pray that many times because I want to make sure that I'm praying according to God's will. But sometimes we come in a defeated way to him already. Lord, if this be your will. Then, you know, it's just because we feel obligated to pray. Or we approach the word and we say, well, this is, this is good, but I just don't know if you move this way anymore. We, we, we lose our confidence many times as we come to God. And, and, and it was as if we act as a guest in the house of God, as we're a guest in his family, but he calls us sons and daughters. Now, my kids have no problem coming boldly in our house and confidently and, and, and creating access at times. There's times when I come home and, and, and I can't even put my bag down. And they're like, Dad, can you throw the baseball with me? Can, can you do this with me? Can, you, can we play Nerf War? And I'm like, can I just get my bag off my shoulder? And, and I love those moments. There's other times when Karen and I are in a conversation and it may, be, it may vary from, from a light conversation to a deep conversation and they're busting in. Hey, let me tell you this joke. Hey, hey, I just saw a spider on the floor. And you're like, do you see it? We're interrupting a, you're interrupting a conversation? Like, yeah, but there's a spider on the floor. Or let me tell you this joke. You know, there's, there's, there's no reservation that's there. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and I'll tell you one thing is they have no problem busting in the bedroom when the door is closed many times. Sometimes I do work on my sermon, you know, on a Saturday. And, and I'll tell them, I mean, I'm even in the, in the bedroom with the door closed, working on my sermon, door open. You all right? You doing okay in here? Just want to see where you're at. You know? What's the plan for tomorrow? Can... <laughs> Might get a shoe here in a second. <laughs> but they see themselves in the right position. 
They know their sons and daughters in the house and every nook and cranny and corner is just as much theirs as it is mine or, or Carrie's and so forth. So they have a boldness to come in the midst of what it is, in the midst of us being in an intense conversation. They'll bust in and say, hey, do we have hot lunch tomorrow? Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, 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 and there's a good thing that we can learn from that is many times we don't come with that same boldness and confidence to God. Many times we're saying, well, well I've got to get myself fixed. I've got to get myself right. Uh, you know, God, I'm just, you know, maybe whatever, whatever, you know, and, and we talk ourselves down from coming to God boldly and with a confidence and with a faith, operating in the faith that we need to. I read this story, and I just want to read an excerpt. This, this lady, a woman, was talking about teaching Sunday school to, to a bunch of first-grade girls and I just want to read this one excerpt, She's, and it starts this. It says, Teacher, can we pray again for my dad to hear? Teacher, Jesus helped my autistic brother be so settled with his new teacher this week. Teacher, how about we sing the Jesus Loves Me song and see who can sing the loudest? Every week, some 15 bright-eyed, spirited, fully engaged first-grade girls kept me on my toes with questions, ideas, and stories of God's simple, consistent goodness in their lives. They were hungry to know him and enthusiastically aware of his power and interest in their lives. Our lessons focus on God's invitation for his children to come boldly into the throne room of grace. And oh, were they coming, hungry, thirsty, longing, believing. Man, that's the one I'm talking about. Having that same spirit, that hunger and thirst. Psalm 107, verse 9, that we read, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. That invitation is extended to us to come boldly to the throne, to come and, and operate as a son and daughter before the Lord and be reminded <clears throat> that, that he hears us. It may not always be yes, but he's hearing us and, and he wants that and he desires that. Recently, well, I don't know, not too long ago, it hasn't been in the last few months, and it hasn't been as far as five years, somewhere in between that. I remember sitting in a church um, that was an older, dying congregation, and, and the songs and the prayers just had this empty conviction to it. They were hollow. They were kind of hopeless and barren, and I remember there was, there was a, in the intercession time, and someone raised their hand and said, hey, pastor, you can drop so-and-so from our prayer list. God's just not going to heal her, and I was like, Wow. But not only did the, her and the pastor and, and, and others begin to delete this person from their prayer list, they begin to devalue the power of God and what God can do. You know, I believe, you know, well, let me say this, that, you know, God, we can believe and know that God is good and that He's great, that He breaks chains, that He illuminates darkness, and He's able to do the impossible. Seven letters were written to the churches in, in Revelation, and each one kind of hit on something that was very positive, but also something that, that needed to be changed. Can you imagine what letter would be written to this church? I can, and, and I think it would go something like this. You forgot. You forgot that you have an open invitation to come boldly to the Lord who satisfies, who's faithful, whose love endures forever. What about us? Have we forgotten that power? Have we forgotten that we can come boldly? Have we let go of our confidence or are we holding on to our confidence, knowing that the Lord satisfies? There's an open invitation for us to come boldly, that He's faithful, that His love endures forever, that we're invited into this, this great, great relationship with Him. You know, it breaks my heart that, that so many believers are not tapping into the power of God. 
there's a theologian, Dallas Willard, who wrote this book, The Divine Conspiracy. He's written a number of books. But he talks about, in, in, in one of the chapters early in the book, about power, electricity coming to rural America, and, and how he was driving down the road in a place where he lived, which was in the, more of the countryside, and how he would see the power lines going down the road, but at night, every house that he passed was dark. And there might be a flickering of a candle in a window every now and then. And how the power was there, but the people weren't tapping into it. They hadn't taken the effort to, to, to take the service line off the main line and bring it into the house. They were in darkness. They didn't have the, the, the advantages or the benefits of electricity that was available to them, even though the main power was just maybe 10, 15, 20 yards from their home. How many times are we the same way? The power of God is there, but yet we're not tapping into it because we've lost hold of our confidence, because we prayed a prayer and maybe God didn't answer in the way that we wanted him to answer or maybe he hasn't answered at all yet because he's got something better and we were like, well, I don't know if God really answers prayer. Or we're standing on a promise of God and because we haven't seen the fulfillment of that promise in this season, in this time, that we kind of let go of our confidence and we say, well, God, I don't know if I can really trust your word or not because you haven't done this for me in this moment. And whether you're there or not, I don't really care. I'm not, I'm not analyzing that. But it's a reminder to hold firm to your confidence that God is who he says he is. His love endures forever. That he makes possible in the impossible. That when we stand before the giant or before the mountain or the little molehill or, or the mole itself, that God will deliver us. To come boldly and confidently to the throne of grace is what we're called to do. The word talks Many, many times about people, we find it in the Bible, people who plugged into the power and the presence of God. And we see that, that God delivered them. And there's many, many stories of, of, of people who plugged into the power of God throughout history that we don't even know about. But these people were hungry and they were thirsty for God. They were hungry and thirsty for God to move in a mighty way, in some way. And they held to that confidence. They held to the confidence like David did when this giant was profaning the name of God. And, and he's just a small little boy in some ways to go and say, there's a confidence I have because my God is with me. Or we see it with Gideon or we see it even with Paul. We see it throughout the Bible. Last week, not this previous week, but the week before that was, was, was a challenging week for us. It seemed like every time we turned around, there was, there was something. And, and I know there's, there's others who've had challenges with, with appliances and cars and, and different things like that. But, you know, we had a car issue. We, we had a home repair issue. We, we had some other things going on. And it just seemed like, God, what, what are you doing? And, and by Friday, Carrie dropped the kids off and, and came back home and I was starting to leave. And, and I said, you know, Lord's doing something. And, and there's something there's something in the spirit that God is doing. And, and I remember she said in her sweet, innocent voice, which is always sweet and innocent, said, well, let's pray. But there was a boldness and a confidence that was attached to that as well. And it was like, yes. So we went in the living room and we, and we began to pray. And, and it wasn't like we called down the thunder of heaven and the earth shook or, or anything. We were, just, we were just praying. We're just praying over these things. And, and uh, I went and got in my car and the check engine light had come on in my car and um, so I was, I was driving, and so somewhere between my neighborhood and about a mile up the street is a seven-day Adventist church. I began to pray, 
And as we begin to, to pray, well, at first, let me, let, me, let me be real honest. I wasn't praying at first because I was thinking, okay, um, what this code, and I haven't really looked at the full code on it, it shows there may be a transmission problem. This, the, the car I have, the model and make of the year, is known for the transmissions being bad at certain mileages, which is where mine's at. And so there's indications that it may be going out at some point. And so I was like, well, I'll just put a new transmission in, or we'll just buy a new car, and we'll do this, and we'll do this, you know, just having a plan B. But I'm like, I don't like that because I don't have the money for that. And so I just began to pray, Lord, you're good. And, and uh, I thought, wait, we can come boldly and confidently before the Lord. I started to speak to the transmission. Look, in the name of Jesus, you will not fall out. You will not slip. You will not do this. You will not. And in fact, this car is going to go for many more miles. It's going to double the mileage. And I mentioned between my neighborhood, about a mile of the Rosa Seven Day Adventist Church, right? The light went off somewhere in that time. And it's one of those things, we were at this conference, it was kind of like Pastor Dan's like, you wish someone was with you because as I tell you, you're like, hey, was it really on? It was on. And it went off like that, and I about crashed. I was just like, Hallelujah. <laughs> And I was praising God with one eye still, like, is it going to come back on? Is it going to come back on? And I'm like in the parking lot here redlining it just to see if it's going to come back on, doing donuts. No, not really. And still off. That light's still off. Do we pray and God deliver like that all the time? Not always. There's a reality to that, that there's many things we stand on, that we, we may pray for that parking space at Costco up front which he's never really delivered on my part. Maybe it's selfish, right? But there's other things we prayed for, and we're saying, God, you haven't answered yet, or you haven't answered in that way, but we can't lose our confidence and our boldness, and we need to come boldly to the throne of grace with everything that we have, whether the answer is yes, no, wait, or, or I can't hear you right now because you're so selfish, whatever it may be, is we need to have a confidence to come before the Lord. And I want to encourage you to operate in this faith, to come boldly before God, to come boldly before the throne of grace. Just as my kids bust in the room, as they, as they bust into conversation, do the same thing with God. Come boldly to him and say, God, this is what's on my heart. He already knows. This is what's on my heart, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm confused here. Or I just don't understand this. Or Lord, I'm believing this. And, and this isn't a name it, claim it type proclamation. It's just living in faith and operating in that faith that God does want to hear us and he does want the best for his children. God is the one who is good and he's great. He breaks chains he, he illuminates the darkness. He's able to do impossible. He satisfies the thirsty, as the scripture tells us, and he fills the hungry with good things. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we have a God that we serve, that we serve you, one who is able, one who is capable, one who is willing to make ways where there is no way. Lord, thank you that you make the impossible possible. Lord, we thank you we thank you. We simply just thank you for, for the access that we have as sons and daughters. Lord, we long and we thirst and we hunger for more of you. To be filled with a greater faith, Lord, or, or just a greater operation of that, a greater confidence in, in you to know that we can come to you boldly and confidently, Lord. Knowing that you are the Almighty and the All-Powerful who's above everything. The one who, who allows us to crawl up on your lap as sons and daughters. The one who allows us to call out to you freely, who's given us access to your throne. We thank you for that, Lord. 
I pray over each person in this room, Lord, that, that what, what we're believing, what we're operating in, in regards to you, will, will be in a right understanding that we are your children, that we can come with no reservation to you, Lord. Lord, help us to understand in those times when you don't answer the way that we're, we're believing that you will or, or the ways that we want you to, Lord. Help us to understand that you are sovereign. Help us to understand that you have something better, Lord, that we may not see it in, in our smallness of mind and heart, Lord. We thank you that you're all-powerful and you're all-wise, that you know what's best for each of us individually and as a church and, 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 and as the Big C Church Universal, Lord, and we, we praise you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray just for a new, fresh falling down of obedience and confidence and boldness just to come before you, Lord, to trust in you in greater ways. Lord, let us lay things before you. Lord, help us not just to read stories of healing and wonder. Let us see them happen, Lord. Let us not just read stories of, of Paul or Peter, the prison doors opening or favor in those times, but let us begin to see it happen, Lord. Lord, we are believing in your goodness. We know you operate today. The same spirit that lived inside of Jesus is inside of us. And we can do those same things, Lord, if not even greater. We confess that, Lord, and we ask for it to be so. In Jesus' name, amen.